I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We had a rough one on Saturday against Ole Miss. We lost 28-21 to in Jordan-Hare. I will say this, for those that got to go, they were talking about the environment was still pretty great, so props to the fans that did show up. Um, I don't blame you. I saw at the end a lot of them leaving. Uh, but you did get to miss that little, uh, you know, last drive you left the stadium. So um, not that it really meant anything, but it, Auburn drove down the field and decided to pass. So there you go. Uh, Jared, after the 28 to 21 loss uh, against Ole Miss, how you doing? How you feeling? You know, we're, we, you know, started out three and oh, now we are three and four, obviously on a four game losing streak. It's kind of rough. Um, and I feel like it, it's just been a rough one for, for us Auburn fans right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's tough to lose games that you feel like there were ways to win them. Um, mm. and honestly, I feel like that was the case in Georgia and Ole Miss. Um, and then, you know, these are just facts. It's not knocking anything, but it's, it's tough to lose a game where you're, you're almost equally or better across the board, really on paper. Yep. Um, you know, talent wise at home at night. So, you know, I know it's a new coach. I mean, I think Lane's probably in his fourth year. Lane has a legit quarterback. We are still trying to find a quarterback. So, mm. and that's really what the difference in the game was. Uh, Jackson Dart made a couple of plays in the fourth quarter. We didn't have anybody that could make plays. Um, I'm out. I w- well, Quarterback-wise, I will say Jarquez Hunter made a really good catch on that last touchdown drive. That Yeah, that he was, did. Yeah, that was a really good play. But, I mean, and Quez made a great play in the first quarter. But, I mean, we've been, I've been, we've been lacking those plays, I man, it feels like for years. So, it's yeah. very refreshing to see. And that, they both were Jarquez. But, yeah, at the end of the day, they had a quarterback who is confident in control of their system. And that's that was the difference in the ball game. Yeah, and, and you know we still did the quarterback rotation thing, even though Robbie Ashford came out on the field first. Which I don't know how much you can read into that. They still rotated a good bit, but Robbie did get quote unquote the start, and that's something. I mean, some difference. Um, I mean, coming into this week, Hugh Freeze was saying, "Hey, we're not changing a whole lot. It's going to be about the same." Well. Come to find out, there was a lot different about this offense. Uh, you know, obviously we ran the ball a ton at half. We had only passed the ball six times, and by the end of the game, we only passed the ball 17 times, and most of those were really at the end of the game when it was a drive that didn't even really matter. Uh, but we did it, you know. So 
that that was kind of the changeup of the offense. And I I would argue it seemed like it worked for about half the game. And then it didn't. It completely just started sputtering out. Um, I saw people where it was like five or six straight three and outs. Like we couldn't even get a first down. And when you're doing that, like you got to change something up. You got to get first downs. Um, so, yeah, I, that kind of opens up this first topic of discussion that I want to discuss with you, Jared. So coaching. Obviously, this is a big topic. Where's your head at, you know, at this point? You know, we're, we've now seen seven games under Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff. Where are you at? What you thinking? <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to stay level-headed about this, and I am more level-headed now than when the game ended. Um, I'm a little worried, though, because so – you know, people that were not excited and said Auburn shouldn't have hired Hugh. Uh, most of the people I talked to was about the off the field issues, right? The, the yep. things he's had um, on the field. He was a very proven coach. I mean, you know, I, I've had combos with people and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. There are more proven out there, but I don't know that you would have gotten a more proven guy to come to Auburn. Um, I mean, he's won everywhere he's been. He's won at the SEC level. I I was expecting better coaching wise. Look, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, right? I think this the you're going to probably share a crazy stat about our recruiting classes since 2019. It's bad, people. I'm telling you, like there's yeah. I mean, there's very few starters on our team, and that we recruited in the last four years. However, um, that does not matter on third and one when Robbie has gotten you to that point and you sub in Thorne mm. and you have 12 men in the huddle, it's now third and six and there's zero point in doing it. In my opinion, I'm going to tell you something. I think Peyton Thorne runs the read option better than Robbie. Like he reads it better. Mm. What What's your, just like a kind of the eye test, the eyeball your... test. Like, like I feel like Robbie predetermines, now, if it's there, Robbie's more athletic. But really, think about the longer runs we've had on the read option. Thorne had several last night that were probably yeah. over 10 yards. I think he holds it longer in the belly to determine. I think he reads the defensive end better. I think he does. That it's, I, I don't understand. And you can choose either one. I don't care. I don't think either one of them are great. But I don't understand if you don't think Robbie can run the whole playbook I really don't know why he's playing because mm. Thorne can do the read option. Yeah. Now, I mean, just pick it, one. essentially though, just pick one, right? AJ, I don't care who you go with. Just pick one. I agree. And, and at this point, we're seeing more of the cons of this quarterback rotation system. I I still believe in, and, and, you know, Hugh Freeze has been asked about, you know, what do you think about this? He keeps saying, I want Robbie you know, packages for Robbie. He keeps saying packages. So in his wording, he's still kind of, you know, saying Peyton Thorns our main quarterback. But then we want every once in a while to throw in Robbie. I can somewhat agree to that in kind of the, the concept of it. But in practice, that isn't working out inside of games. 
you're saying these weird, and this is the critique of the coaches, you know, they're them deciding when to put in players, you know, that, like you said, the third and one, I can think of other times where it's almost just predetermined. Hey, it's third down and long. We're going to throw Peyton in there. And you're like, I kind of get it right. Like Peyton's a better, better passer on paper than Robbie, but not by much. And kind of the other aspect of it, how many times has Robbie just put his body on the line way more than I think Peyton ever has, you know, who's going to get you the first down. If Robbie's still going, my argument is keep Robbie in there and see what he does. Because guess what? Robbie can do some stuff with his legs. And and that's kind of the extra aspect. You know, Peyton can too. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, he can. Um, but it's just kind of that weird quarterback rotation stuff going on that I think is baffling most, if not all of us. Um, and I've seen some stats already comparing this year's offense to previous year's offense against the same opponents that we've played. And it doesn't look good guys. I'm not going to go through the stats, but like, it's not as good as even under Harson last year. And that's kind of a little concerning that our offense and in lots of aspects has kind of taken a step back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. AJ, would would you say that, do you think that Hugh probably trust Thorne more as a passer. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then the only reason we're playing Robbie is probably because of his athleticism and running. Well, let me tell you something. I just looked it up. Mm-hmm. Peyton Thorne, 354 yards rushing. Okay. 1.2 yards a carry. The longest run, 61 yards. Okay. Robbie Ashford, 203 yards rushing, 4.5 yards a carry, longest run of 18. Now, this is not a Peyton Thorne love fest, but I, the point is Robbie is averaging 4.5. Peyton has more attempts. He's averaging 4.2. Mm-hmm. What, what are you gaining? <laughs> if you think Thorne is your, if you're like, okay, listen, we're bringing Robbie in to try to do the some of the read option run plays, right? Um, Thorne is our guy. We're bringing him in when we pass. It's obvious. We bring him in on passing downs. We just don't trust Robbie to do it. Yep. Why are you bringing Robbie in? Thorne can do for the extra point three yards per carry. I mean, why are you doing it? And to right. your point, you made the comment. I don't think Thorne's that much better of a passer than Robbie. So if we go the direction you were kind of talking, then just go Robbie because we could look at passing stats and it's probably not much different. I think the main thing is the thing that scares me the most is Hughes' comments, like, even after the game, he's he's oblivious when people ask the question about it. He's like, I don't think that had anything to do with the win or loss. It absolutely could have, because go back to the play I, de- I described, third and one, when it's a tie ball game, and because of coaching, 100% coaching decision, we have a substitution infraction, and we just slow the drive down. Yep. We don't get a first down. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can. 
I think everyone in America, probably even Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, want this to stop. The only two people that don't are Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery, and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, and what are, what are coaches asked to do? They're asked to make the hard decision to put their team, players, in a good spot to win. And right now, it's pretty evident that the coaching decisions are hurting us in a lot of different areas. And all, I mean, I'm a fan. You're a fan. The people listening, you're fans. I would bet most people are just saying, give us one quarterback. Let's run with them. See what we can do with them. You know, occasionally, look, I'm, I'm okay with throwing in Robbie in the red zone because guess what? I love that. Or throwing in Peyton in a few places. Sure, whatever it ends up being. But you got to stick with one guy. And it just throws everything off. So, uh, Let me throw know. one more thing out there. Um, they, uh, they tried to out, they tried to get cute at the Ole Miss game. Like they brought Peyton in on, on a couple of, uh, third downs that look like obvious passing. So they bring Peyton in and then they run it and Ole Miss was not fooled by it. And mm. it's almost like it goes back to, man, I feel like since 2019 or so, I feel like every team knows what we're running before we run it. I don't feel like yeah. we're fooling anybody. Um, and that's, you know, Think about that. It's three different coaching staffs. I mean, lots of different offensive coordinators, and we're still not doing that, which, again, kind of concerning. I, I'll. This is the last thing I'll say about the coaching and play. Listen, I really, in my heart of hearts, think Hugh can turn this thing around. I do. But I am more con- way more concerned now than I was before the season. But here's one final thing. On the throw to Gurner, the trick play. Mm-hmm. If you are going to do a trick play, you are assuming you are going to trick the defense and the guy's going to be wide open. AJ, you can make the throw to a wide open person, okay? Yep. So you don't do that with a quarterback because it's obvious if the quarterback's in, what is going to happen? Yeah. Now, if you don't trust your guy under center to make a throw to a receiver – and you're throwing it to Gurner, Gurner should be the guy under center. <laughs> like that, mm. that there's so many aspects to that play. Like if it's supposed to be a trick play, you do it to a receiver. So they don't expect it. If, if you don't think your guy under center can make the throw down the field and Gurner can, then Gurner's the one under center. Like, I don't understand that play at all. Yeah. Well, and then you throw in the bigger scenario, which you, you had pointed out this to me during the game. If we on that drive, you know, at, like I think we hyperanalyzed this play maybe a little too much, but you're in close to field goal range. Like we were like four miles, we were like four yards away. Oh yeah, oh, from, yeah. Oh, second down from field goal range. Yeah, exactly. So like, if you decide, hey, I just want to run a maybe a conservative play and just get a few more yards. Okay, awesome. We're in field goal range and we're talking about. Again, potentially a different game versus this where we stall out that drive. And that's kind of, more, again, coming back to the coaching decisions. Like you decided to throw that in there right then. Maybe it's a, you, you predetermine this. When we're at the 40-yard line, we're going to run this play with Holden. Okay, but that doesn't make it any better. Um, you know, at, at worst, you know, 
what are, what is Holden Gurner supposed to do? I mean, you saw it. It was take the snap, the essentially a sack, and lose us what like nine yards. Whereas, yeah, if Holden just throws it away, you know, no harm, no foul. We get to third down and maybe get four more yards. But because we lost yards, it's just a bad scenario. Again, kind of maybe hyper analyzing that, but again, kind of backing up the point of like, what's going on here? Like, I agree, college football should have these fun plays. And Auburn has in the past done a lot of them, but not at this moment. Like I, I'm, I'm sure we'd all be an, analyzing saying this is a great play if it actually worked, but it didn't like nobody was fooled on Ole Miss's team. <laughs> like it just didn't work. So um, a couple other things, and, and you had kind of alluded to this earlier. And again, this kind of comes down to the coaching and it's not just Hugh Freeze, but if you look back at uh, our starters right now, so if you look on offense and defense, you know, there's 22 total offensive starters. And you look at the previous classes we've had at Auburn, only six of 22 starters were ones that we recruited out of high school. Six of 22. Just like sit on that because I think that just shows you Obviously, transfer portal is a real thing. NIL is pulling players elsewhere. But, you know, Hugh Freeze isn't the only one to be blamed at this point. Because if Hugh Freeze comes into a situation like this, and there's not much cohesion because, guess what, these guys haven't been here that long. Guess what, transfer portal. Thank goodness we have the transfer portal, right? Like, that is a good thing. But if we're not able to retain the talent we already have, which it's been pretty evident, lots of mass exoduses have happened under Gus and then um, Hugh Freeze into the transfer portal. That's kind of that. That's what's happened. Sorry, did I say Hugh Freeze? I meant Harson if I said that. So, what's your kind of thought? I mean, now that you've seen that stat, because like to me that's tough for anybody to kind of overcome. I'm torn. Like, I, I absolutely think Hugh inherited a, a a really bad football roster. Um, not bad people. I like to be very clear about that. I, it's nothing against the kids personally, but from the product on the field, I, I think it's pretty bad. I think it's way worse than I thought it was. I think this stat shows it. I mean, like, literally, that's since 2019, you're talking like, five or six players from the high school ranks or starters. I mean, that's not good. Yeah. Um, and we went and got guys that were the best. I mean, here's the deal. We got a lot of the best available offensive linemen. We got a couple of best available receivers, um, but they were at conference USA level, stuff like that. Right. So um, they're either not, going to make it in the sec or they're still getting up to speed mm-hmm. so I, I mean i didn't realize this aj but i mean we're, we are absolutely bottom tier sec roster yeah. um now having said all that here's where i'm torn right i absolutely believe all that and i think that we all thought and i probably got silly and may have said eight or not win eight or nine wins at one time i don't think anybody's t- truly upset with seven and five if recruiting goes well but it's how it's happening it's we are doing the same thing every game 
especially with the quarterback rotation. I know we've already hit on it. And it's like, okay, it seems obvious to everyone. And so now I'm a little worried about preparation and coaching and in-game, you know, uh, way they can handle in-game situations. And so that's got me a little worried on the coaching side. I did not expect us. I I thought we would probably win the Ole Miss game at home. Um, but I didn't really expect us to win any of these four games or thought they were very losable. But honestly, the thing that drives me more insane, and you could argue, well, Jared, Hughes the one that had us in the game, right? You could. The thing that drives me most insane, a little better coaching, and we probably beat Georgia and Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And it's the yep. same thing that's happening. And I'm like, I, I mean, we're going to have to get some really good players if we're going to keep making these mistakes, right? Because good players will, will overcome some coaching mistakes right they'll they'll you know hey something happens a play breaks down and something happens you know they're they're gonna make something happen i mean you you look at what you know previously you had bo nix you got robbie ashford now how many plays have broken down with him and he can make some stuff happen again good talent can overcome that so I, i think the whole point of that stat of six of only 22 starters were recruited by Auburn right now. That That's just a it's hard bad. thing to overcome. Um, and, you know, again, we've discussed this on previous podcasts, but I want to bring it up again just to remind ourselves of where we're at. He frees right now, obviously taking a step back from play calling. He's still very involved with that, but he's out there doing the recruiting. And that's part of, of the solution long-term. I think it's, I mean, he understands we have a big deficit of talent at Auburn and he's trying to fix that. He's going out and getting more players that are highly talented. I mean, we're making waves and I, I mean, we, we still have had, despite some of our losses, lots of good recruits come to Auburn and say pretty good things about us. And that's, you know, still pretty impressive to me. Uh, so lots of uh, kind of good recruiting stuff, but, you know, recruiting doesn't pay off this year because those guys aren't on campus yet. So it's going to take time. And <laughs> I was thinking about Kyle Loomis's, if you've watched any of his YouTube live stuff that he does, he, pre- he preaches patience. And, and there's an element of patience that I think we do need and us as fans, we forget that because we want results now. I want results now. And I don't want to be told, be patient. It'll come. It'll come. And you're like, seriously, like, I don't want to be uh, too patient. And then come to find out we have a three and nine losing record next year because we were too patient, you know? <laughs> Something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, well, before we kind of exit kind of the offensive side i did you know talking about all the well offensive and offensive (laughs) where can we exit because i would love to i'm on this (laughs) ride and i can't get off yeah um that's a it's part of being an auburn fan like i was uh, literally my wife during the game she was like why are we auburn fans again i was like because we love and hate this roller coaster ride at the same time (laughs) i was like yep that's us. Um, and she was being sarcastic, by the way. She she loves being an Auburn fan. Um, but 
I did want to bring up some other stuff that I saw that was um, really good. You know, we, we talked a little bit about Jarquez. Solid day for him. I mean, that was the most explosive I've seen Jarquez in forever, uh, at least this season. You know, had a 53-yard run. Maybe he is, like, you know, people were rumoring that he was not 100% healthy. Well, he looked pretty darn healthy now. Um, not only did he uh, have 91 yards rushing, but he also had three catches, um, and a, one of those was a long 47-yard catch. So he was uh, making some waves and uh, very appreciative for him. And, man, it's been too long since I've seen him uh, you know, really take over. And he did about as good as he could, I feel like, in this offense. So thankful for him. Um Let's talk about a couple of the kind of potentially not so great things, because I, I, I do want to talk about that. I mean, we've already talked about some of them, but where the heck have our wide receivers been? Like, I, I feel like every game, it seems like we have very random wide receivers that make catches. Like this time, well, he did have Revolta Fairweather. He was the only like main one that I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, he's still doing things. But that wasn't until really the end of the game. Then you had Caleb Burton, which, again, props to him. He's kind of making waves. Um, then you had a ty- uh, Tyler Fromm, our tight end. Jay Fair got targeted multiple times. Couldn't catch a ball the same as life, I feel like. Coy Moore, again, out there, but, like, you know, not not that great. Only had one catch. And you're like, what is happening? I mean, are, is the wide receiver room that bad? Like, it feels like it is. So there was a reporter for ESPN that went around to different SEC teams before the season. I don't know if you remember this. And she came out and gave an honest opinion and said, Auburn fans, brace yourselves. <laughs> oh, I um, do remember this. Yeah. Yeah, but this was before some of the transfers came in. Um, she got, you know, people got upset. And, you know, how social media is, they, you know, kind of went after her with comments. But um, she probably was right. I mean, she was right. And I don't, I think the receivers we brought in, number one, you know, were they even SEC caliber? And number two, even if they were, like I said, they, they didn't come from that league, right? I mean, you look mm-hmm. at Shane Hooks against who was, it wasn't UMass, who was our other team we played at home before the um, Sanford? Uh, yep. Shane Hooks against Sanford looked like Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he had a couple of big catches, he had a long touchdown catch. That's the competition he was playing, basically. Um, And that's not who you play once you get into SEC play. So, you know, I think I'll be honest with you. At the end of the day, I think the one that's probably going to have the most potential is uh, Caleb Burton. I mean, he was a four star that Ohio State wanted and they they turn out receivers pretty well. Mm -hmm. He's starting to come along now. He was had some injuries. I think he's probably going to wind up being pretty good. Uh, Cannon Brown is a big body, but I mean, he dropped one. Yeah, I'm starting to worry about Jay Fair. Jay Fair seeming to be a little hesitant going over the middle. Yeah, well, uh, I I thought he would be a solid number too. one receiver. Legitimately, I was excited for him to be our top receiver, but here I we are. He, he he's he had some over the middle issues against Georgia last night, or against Ole Miss. He had an over the middle issue. Uh, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to go over the middle, but I'm starting to worry about him now. So we don't really have a target. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. I, I, it's like I'm mad at you, but then I don't know what you do either. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not a good spot. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, a few things on defense, and we'll kind of wrap things up in a little bit with special teams. Um, and then final thoughts on the game. Uh, defense, I mean, they did about honestly as good as I thought they would. I mean, it wasn't the greatest, but we knew Ole Miss was going to move the ball and score touchdowns. They did. Um, they got four touchdowns on us. They had 425 yards. We did get an interception, and if you want to count that special teams play, uh, that was also an interception, which that's kind of fun. <laughs> and guess who caught it? Caleb Burton. So that uh, good for him. Good for him catching a pass, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, it may have to come from the the backup punter who's for the other team, but hey, it's a it's a it's a reception. It counts, you gotta, I guess. Baby steps, AJ. You gotta start somewhere. That's right. I mean, I played defense, so there was a reason I was on defense and not a wide receiver. So I yeah, can that, I can I can feel that. Yeah, we we could uh, let's build on this that catch. That's thing, right. Which is crazy. <laughs> I, I'm not blaming him. This this was unexpected, but he actually didn't need to catch that because it it cost yeah. us about 15 yards. But you know, at the end of the day, it, that's kind of hard to know in the moment. Right. Well, and he's just like, oh, here's a ball. Yeah, you're not what? expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're just not expect. I'm not mad at him, but when he did yeah. it, you're like, oh, man, that kind of cost yeah. us yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other things, and this is kind of on the good side of the defense. Um, I mean, they were on the field for 34 minutes, uh, majority of the game, and uh, they held Ole Miss to only two third down conversions. They were two of 11. Um, which is pretty darn solid. Um, now, Ole Miss did get 50% of their uh, their two of four on fourth down. So, you know, they still got some fourth down. They've got athletes. We've got athletes. Their quarterback made some plays that, uh, you know, I, I hope that Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford consistently do. But, pay, uh, again, I think it came down to, like you said, their quarterback made more plays than us and looked more competent in their offense. You take away real quick. If you take away two plays from them, they're probably still sitting on 14 because <laughs> mm. it was that it was it was the first or second drive of theirs where it was third and 22 and they do a run play and get 21 yards like yep. that can't happen. And then in the fourth quarter, we had uh, we had their quarterback. I mean, he was he was dead it, to rights. He should have been yeah, sacked. He was done, and we we arm try to arm tackle, and he gets out of it and keeps that drive alive. And they score a touchdown. If those two plays go differently, um, I I don't think they score on either one of those drives, and you're probably sitting at fourteen fourteen going down yeah. to the last minutes of the game. So yeah, um, and they could probably say the same. And there was also a crazy defensive pass interference that was not pass interference called oh, on us. Yeah. Also, can we talk real quick about replay? It is insane that Hugh Freeze had to call for that replay on that interception, yeah. and it's insane they upheld it. The guy palms it on the ground, yep. shifts hands as he's going out of bounds, and they come out and they're like, play stands. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Anyways, yeah. okay, I'm done. Yeah, I did not agree with that, and – I still but, don't agree with that. But the fact that, AJ, I have seen guys run a 100-yard kickoff back, nobody around them walks yep. into the end zone, and they'll be like, we're going to review this play to make sure yep. you cross the goal line, and a play like that doesn't get reviewed? I don't understand. I don't understand review. Right. 
it was like the SEC review people were taking a five minute. It literally was. I mean, like it, it something was up because Devant <laughs> did not even review that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, a couple key players for defense that I'd want to point out. Obviously, Marcus Harris. He is, uh, I feel like, a staple on our defense at this point. He had seven tackles, uh, one and He's a half a sacks. My gosh, dude! Like, he is he is one heck of a have, just amazing. Love him. He, he's good. Um, another couple guys that stood out this game, Larry Nixon. Um, he's uh kind of along with Eugene Asante, kind of like they're establishing themselves as linebackers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jared, like, I, I hate to say this, but I think it's Larry Nixon, Eugene Asante as linebackers. The others, I don't know. Like, I, I question it. Like, are they up to the caliber of what we need as linebackers in the SEC? No. We got we got hurt big time on that. I don't blame the coaches on this. They went and got uh, a, a really talented guy out of LSU, and before the season started, he had to leave the team for personal reasons. And then they got Austin Keys out of Ole Miss, and he just played last night his first game, and he had a couple plays. Um, we've been very thin there. I'm hoping mm-hmm. getting Austin Keys back will help. Yeah, um, but I don't he, like, he did have four tackles. So, I mean, he he made some impact. He, he did. I don't really blame coaching on that. They went, they saw that need and went and got two SEC linebackers, and it just has not pan. One left the team. One couldn't play till last night. So we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, they're they're they he uh, currently right now the only ones proven to be SEC caliber is Asante and Nixon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think that's just again kind of the state of where we're at right now, which again a little talent deficit but we tried to plug as many holes as we could and i again to hughes credit he saw the need and he went out and tried to get it and some of them you just don't necessarily know with transfers if they're gonna pan out so that's just part of it um let's wrap things up with special teams uh there again we've already alluded to it the interception on the uh botched i don't know hold by the kicker or the placeholder whatever it is and you're just like ah, that was a crazy play I, at that moment i was like this game is so weird and i love it because i think that favors auburn the weirder the game the better i think auburn had hopes and really it seemed like after that it kind of like started to calm down uh not as much craziness happened and that's when Ole Miss just did what they needed to to win the game so yeah, that's part of it. Um, I did see, that, and this is kind of, again, attributed to the special teams. I mean, Auburn special teams did pretty much exactly what they were asked. Uh, that one punt that Ole Miss had, we brought the house. I think we brought like 10 guys. We were like, we are blocking that punt. We didn't block the punt, but we caused them to punt the ball only nine yards this is an SEC punter. Like <laughs> nine yards, Jared, Jared, Jared. Can your son kick further than nine yards? Most likely. Yeah, exactly. Unless I unless I asked him to, he would not, because he doesn't do anything I ask him to. <laughs> but if you ask him to punt it, he probably could, AJ. Okay, well I'll go do that. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I want to prove out my theory here. Let, um, let me let me read something real quick, and I I um I think this might help. Um, some of us can I can I read a quote 
Yeah, go for it. Okay. I know we're talking special teams, but I, I think I want to get this in before we end. So this is a quote. My biggest thing is to not take it out on the kids. It's not their fault that I wasn't able to rebuild the roster where we could be competitive in this league. It's not their fault. We always say we play best when everybody contributes. We've had way too many nights when we just haven't had contributions. You can't reflect until it's over because you're still trying to find ways and trying to compete. It's more difficult than it is disappointing. It's more difficult on the players. Oh, I know. I've never had a losing season, but I'm going to be part of this program for a long time. I'm doing the best I can to try to keep their attitudes right, to keep them motivated, and to keep them together. It affects them in the classroom. It affects everything. Where's the joy? There's not a lot of joy in getting your brains beat in. Bruce Pearl, 2015. That mm. could have been Hugh Free saying that, couldn't it? Mm. It could have. I, I, so, I legitimately, as you're reading that, I was like, did he actually say that? I don't remember him saying that, but. I read that and I was like, and and to give credit, that was an Auburn undercover article. Um, but that's a that's a Bruce Pearl quote. You're reading that and you're like, that's you freeze. That's what mm. he's going through right now. Yep. And you realize it's Bruce Pearl and you're like, oh. And then you realize, oh, yeah, Bruce Pearl did go through like three years of really bad growing pains. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I'll, I wanted to put that out there because I've been bad on Hugh Freeze. Um, it is very possible Hugh Free. We look back five years from now, and and with the same way we would look back on that quote right there from Bruce Pearl, um, because it's a whole different program now in yeah. basketball. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? Bruce saw the talent deficit. Guess what he did? He went out and recruited, got some five stars that are now playing in the NBA. It's that kind of change that needed to happen in basketball world. And I think, again, it's it's the things that Hugh Freezer do, is doing right now behind the scenes to get the recruits that I think is going to pay off even in maybe next year or the year after. You're going to have better talent. And I mean, honestly, like everybody was kind of, I'm just thinking back to like even 2018, 2019, it felt like everybody was kind of like negative recruiting Auburn. Essentially, like every other team was saying, hey, Gus is not going to be there in a couple of years. You should come to us or whatever it is. If Hugh Freeze, and it sounds like we've got a kind of a path forward with him, which maybe fans right now I'm, I'm you know it's okay <laughs> but if Hugh Freeze is our coach even three years from now which I think is a legitimate probability here you have a better team three years from now than you do right now and that's almost a guarantee because of the recruiting that he's putting in right now and if he can do what that quote was saying you know, Bruce Pearl said it you know, keeping the team together, which, you know, that's part of what a head coach does. You're in a much better spot uh, for next year. You're in a better, better spot for the next year because you're keeping all the guys together and they're not just dispersing, which, you know, there there will be some. Because transfer portal. But if you keep most of them together, that you're in a much better spot. So. All right, Jerry, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. 
It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.